Hey guys, welcome back to The Raisin Brand. I'm your host, Jade Dharma Wangza. And guys, we have a brand new episode during the coronavirus. So typically, I start off the episode saying, you know, if you're driving to work, driving to your commute, like, you know, typically that's when you listen to podcasts, but I know for a lot of us, we're stuck at home. So I just want to say thanks so much for spending your day listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Today's episode is very special. We're talking about real estate. And you guys know, if you like have seen any of our other episodes on the Raisin brand, we never <laughs> talk about real estate. And that's exactly why today I have a special guest. Um, I have my friend Jake Bluestein. He's a real estate agent. And I interview him to talk a little bit more about what's going on in the market. This was recorded one month ago before the virus really got serious. I have another episode coming very soon with another agent talking about the situation. But if you're like, hey, Jade, why the heck are we talking about real estate? Now, let me just talk about, you know, a little bit of context so you really understand why it's so important to me and why it's actually really important to you as a business owner as well. So if you're familiar with the racing brand, we talk about marketing tips and tricks. But what I've realized is a lot of the marketing that I maybe teach about how to grow on YouTube or Instagram is so applicable to real estate. And real estate is just a people person's game, right? If you're an agent, your goal is to just connect with the buyer and seller to sell property. And when you're buying a house, it's a very intimate purchase, right? So the reason why I really just wanted to talk about this is because, you know, out of every industry, I think the main business that literally is like central around people is real estate and a lot of fundamentals that agents use to sell property can be used for your personal brand so if you're an influencer or like a photographer and you're like i don't give a shit well you should because a lot of the things that jake's about to talk about can be applicable to your brand the second reason why i really wanted to talk about this is because recently i've been watching a show called a million dollar listings yeah i know it's not like the best <laughs> uh, snapshot of what real estate really is because i know it's a tv show and it's like definitely more dramatized but i think right now during, during the coronavirus um you know people are suspecting that we're going to be in a recession and similar to 2008, it will really uh, hurt businesses, right? Because that's when the last recession was. And, you know, in 2008, it was a different scenario. Like right now, um, in 2020, uh, if we do head towards a recession, which is very likely, it would be due to like a virus. Um, and it will affect people's kind of way of navigating um I guess, investment property. And I know for a lot of us listening to podcasts, we've always wanted to maybe, I don't know, buy a house, learn more about the industry. I personally don't know much. So I asked Jake to tell me a little bit about what it really looks like to invest in houses. Um, so what we're talking about today is three things. We're going to talk about a little bit of Jake's history about how he markets to clients so you guys can apply it to your brands. And then we're going to talk about some misconceptions when getting your own property or if you think it's right now is the best time to buy a piece of house uh, for investment. We talk a little bit about that and just a little bit about the coronavirus. So with that being said, I want to welcome Jake. And if you want to know more, all I got to do is keep on watching, actually listening. <laughs> all right, guys. So I'm here with Jake Bluestein. What's up, Jake? Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Hi, Jade. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great, guys. So long story short, I found Jake through my friend Claire. Shout out to Claire Coder. We're part of this like entrepreneurship group. And like everybody in this entrepreneurship group is like someone I trust. And I asked Claire, who's the best real estate agent you know? I want to learn more about the space. And she brought me to you, Jake. So I gave a little context um, and I've heard amazing things about you to, um, from Claire, but would love to know a little bit about yourself and tell me your story. You came from a marketing background. Now you're starting your own um, real estate journey. Tell me more about your story. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Claire, for connecting us. Claire is amazing, and she's uh, starting her own little real estate empire. We're, we're building it one house at a time. Um, so that's a, a really exciting journey for an entrepreneur to kind of start diversifying their business. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, my name's Jake. Um, I've been in real estate for about two years now and recently went out on my own. I was on a, a team uh, originally and went independent. So starting my own, my own thing, very entrepreneurial, uh, taking some of the experience that I have from the past to, to kind of build my, my real estate empire is the plan. What I love about Jake is he's just a scientist for marketing. So tell me more about your past experience before real estate. I mean, as yeah. you know, this is central around marketing, but tell me more about what you've done before. Yeah, so I uh, had been in the marketing and advertising branding industry for about 10 years prior to getting into real estate. Uh, I worked for a local restaurant startup as their head of marketing. I worked for DSW at their corporate headquarters. I did brand marketing partnerships with uh, you know, our partner brands like Nike and New Balance and Disney and all of those fun brands. Um, and then I actually had a two-year period where I was doing marketing consulting work for um, some local businesses in Columbus. So I kind of have a well-rounded marketing background experience going from corporate to startup to independent consulting role. Uh, and all those things are things that I have been able to take and leverage to uh, get my real estate business up, up off the ground uh, pretty quickly. <laughs> like I said, I just felt really just, I don't know why, I realized that real estate is just a people's game. It's about personal connection and yep. throughout technology, marketing and all these like little cool techniques. At the end of the day, it's core human connection and psychology. So we're going to dive into that and how... Basically, you guys, whether you are trying to get in real estate get a uh, or get a house, you guys can learn more about this space and at the end of the day, learn how to connect with people better. Um, what are some misconceptions for young entrepreneurs wanting to get their own property? I know like my best friend, Haley, who's also Claire's friend, she just bought a house. Like a lot of my friends that are like young people with companies are starting to get houses. Like what's the biggest misconception like you want to tell young people getting into this space before they get burned by other agents? So are you talking about the home buyers or people that want to become agents? Home buyers. Home buyers. Well, I think the biggest misconception is that it's hard and you have to have 20% down to, to buy a home. Um, you know, the real estate process, there are frustrations along the way, uh, but the, the realtor and the lender do, and the title company do a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, so from a buyer perspective, you know, there's, there's some, some paperwork that needs to be shuffled around, but really it's, it's taking the time to, you know, go out with your realtor and view houses and find something you love. Um, the process, if you have a good realtor, uh, is pretty straightforward and they kind of hold your hand through the whole process. Um, so I think that's the biggest misconception for first time home buyers is that it's hard to buy a house and it's really not. Um, I think the other thing that is a big misconception is, is, you know, financing. A lot of people think that they're not going to qualify for financing. And there are a lot of really amazing programs out there. You know, I think post 2008 um, with the, the, market crash and the real estate bubble that burst, you know, lenders did, did tighten up some of their practices, which is, which is really great. They were, they were things that uh, were done to 
to protect uh, the consumer, but um, you know, it's still, it's still pretty easy to buy a house. You know, you can put as little as three and a half percent down. And a lot of times, you know, depending on your income, there are a lot of programs that uh, local governments and municipalities um, and nonprofits have that can help you cover closing costs that can help you with down payment assistance, all that good stuff. So, I mean, I think the the thing is, is that people are, um, people are afraid of wasting realtors time. Um, we are, we're kind of in the industry, we go into it knowing that some of our time is going to be wasted. And some of our time is gonna, you know, is gonna, um, is gonna end up with a check at the end, uh, which, which is great. But you know, I think everyone has to start somewhere. And, you know, as a realtor, we are, we should be the first stop. You know, if you have questions, um, if you don't know if you can buy, if you don't know if you should buy or you want to buy, um, don't hesitate to reach out to a realtor. I talk to people all the time who, you know, are like, well, I'm not sure I, w- I want to buy. I'm not sure if I can buy. I don't want to waste your time. You're not wasting my time because I do this. Um, I do this to help people. Um First and foremost, I always say people before profits. Um, and I know that if I if I lead with that mentality, you know, profits will come. But people are first. So, you know, if, if somebody needs my time and they need my help to kind of figure out what the best journey is for them, if that's renting, if that's buying, if that's, you know, continuing to live in your mom's basement, no, no shame there. Um, you know, I just want to help people figure out what their next move should be, if that's buying a house or not. Um, I don't know if this is just, again, guys, just to give you guys context, but only, um, research on this is million dollar listing New York, the TV show. Um, there was one episode, I have to quote it because I was just curious. Um, Brian Serhant, the agent was basically hesitant to, um, or like work on this project because it had to do with renting not selling there's less um i guess money involved like less you know personal gain or profits to do Uh renting is that true and and do you find yourself hesitating as well to do renting projects well i think that there is um it's important to know what your specialty is because if you're a special if you're a specialist in a certain area you're able to help people in that area um, the best that that you can. That sounded stupid. So we're going to cut that out. But (laughs) I mean, I think I think you have to know you have to know your role. You have to stay in your lane. Um, You know, if if you specialize in working with investors, then work with investors and don't go try to sell a two million dollar house in the nicest neighborhood. Um, If you want to, by all means, go ahead. If your seller thinks you're capable, then you know, have at it. But I do think that there's there's benefit not only in real estate, but in everything staying in your lane. Um, you know, I mean, that's like you're in you're in marketing and branding, Jade. If if somebody came to you and said, hey, um, I need financial consulting, you know, well, I, I bet you would probably <laughs> be like, yeah, that's yeah. not really my lane. So, um, you know, there's there's different ways to grow any business. There's different ways to grow a real estate business. So I actually think if your specialty isn't renting, if your specialty isn't working with investors, if your specialty isn't million dollar homes, um, you know, be, be upfront with that. Um, you're, you're not going to do your clients, 
a service by by pretending to do something that you either don't do, can't do, don't want to do. Um, so I actually commend him for for uh, for saying that. That being said, you know how you I don't watch that show. Uh, maybe I should because everyone always <laughs> asks me about it. Um, but uh, you know, it, it, I feel like from what you said, he made it sound like it was a a money thing. And you know, like I said, I'm a I'm a people before profits person, and I would never turn somebody away um, because you know it's it's not the most lucrative for me. Um, you know, I would do it because I. I'm not the most equipped in that in that realm, and I would I would work to refer them to somebody um, who is. Got it. Do you um? Well, first of all, you you really just have to. I'm like the seventh person probably that told you about the show. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll definitely make um your own version of uh, Million Dollar Listing Ohio. <laughs> yeah, right. I would love that. We'll, we'll definitely we'll, we'll work yeah, on that on the next pro- producers. Yeah. Do you know any producers that could get me hooked up with that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll build the team. We'll build the team. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. So what I want to just kind of pivot the conversation before I do, um, I realized, like, actually, funny enough, my audience knows this. There's like this big advice for social media to niche uh-huh. down. Yeah. Um, niche down, meaning don't just stay in your lane. If you are a chef, it's not in your favor to make beauty content because the algorithm on social mm-hmm. will just penalize you for that. I've heard that. So it's weird. There's, there's a lot of overlap, which is great to hear, um, meaning I'm on the right track. So my next question, going into disruption in real estate, I kind of just want to go on, an, like, on a very high level, like, mm-hmm. like real estate for dummies type of thing. Like, what does it really mean when, like, I heard it time after time, like, just for someone who's in the start, <laughs> what does it mean when the market is bad? What is, like, just give, like, for a really, like, beginner definition of, like, market um, and, like, when the market's good, when the market's down, like, what does that mean? And give us like a third grade definition of that. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all inventory, right? Um, so there's buyers markets and sellers markets. You'll hear that all the time. And it's really just a matter of, are there more buyers out there or more sellers out there right now? We're in, we're in a seller's market, which doesn't mean that it's a bad time to be a buyer. Not at all. I mean, the market seems to be on a continued upward trajectory. It just keeps going and going and going, especially in a market like Columbus, where we're growing. Like, I think that I could be making this up. So please no one call me out on it if I'm wrong, but like five <laughs> people a day or something like that moved to Columbus. Um, and Columbus is, is positioned to grow by like a million people by 2050, wow. which is just insane. Um, so, you know, even though the market may go up and down in in the, the short term, you know, there could be um, hiccups because of the coronavirus or the election or you know i mean i think in the long run um real estate is a it's a limited commodity and it's always gonna appreciate um but um you know in in a buyer's market there's that essentially just means there's more inventory on the market than there are buyers and there's a a lot of different things that that can affect that obviously if the economy is um, is down and people are making less and unemployment's higher. There's, you know, in the, in the, the cost to borrow money is higher. Um, you're going to have less people buying a house and 
you know, but people are always selling houses. So then your inventory is going to be really high and your buyer pool is going to be low and the buyers are going to have the upper hand because the sellers just want to want to move their house. So um, I don't know. I mean, I think that there's never a bad market. It just depends on, on where you are individually. I know a lot of people, especially investors, who a bad market is actually good for them. You know, if, if, if housing prices take a, take a dip, um, that's, that's the chance for them to come in and, and really? drop some cash and sit on it. So it really depends on, on how you view the market and what your finances look like. You know, if you have, if you have a hundred thousand dollars sitting in the bank and you know, the market is quote unquote bad, uh, it might be a really good time for you to go snatch up a hundred thousand dollar investment property, <laughs> you know I mean? So it, it's all, it's all relative and it's all subjective to, to the person and the situation. Some people are saying they're uh, they're like smelling um, what's it called a down market or whatever. Yeah. Uh, sorry, market soon. Do you sense that in the next few? I don't know. Like, do you do you feel like it's coming up? It has to. I mean, the market is cyclical by definition. So at some point in time, things have to change. Uh, when that is going to be, I have no clue. I don't have a crystal ball. If I did, I would be very, very, very rich. <laughs> Um, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to happen to what degree, at what time, to what extent nobody really knows. I think, you know, certain markets like Columbus are, are insulated because we are growing, uh, very quickly and, and housing is a limited, um, in, in limited supply, you know, there, there, there's, can't build more land, you know, you can build up, I guess, but, but it's, uh, it's there's limited quantities of, of houses. So as population increases, you know, if, if housing isn't increasing at the same rate, prices are going to go up. Um, my husband and I actually sold our first house that we, we purchased about two, actually maybe three years ago now, because at the time we thought that the market was at the top and um, you know, in the, in the neighborhood that we, we sold things, um, did definitely appreciate and appreciate and appreciate and kind of got to a place where they've leveled off a little bit. And, and that's right where we, we sold. Um, but we sold it and we rented for a year because I thought that the market was going to slow down. I was like, this is too good to be true. Um, oh, wow. The market's going to gonna slow down. I would rather cash out right now, rent a place, you know, and then when the market does it does take a dip you know we have the we have the cash we have the funds to take advantage of it that was three years ago we've since bought two houses <laughs> um so i mean you you just really never know um but in the long run housing prices are going to go up you know if you're looking at it from a short-term investment um you know you want something that's going to make you money in one to two years um, yeah, the market could change, but if you're looking for a long-term investment, which is what you should be looking at, especially if you're younger, um, the, uh, the market's always gonna, it's always gonna end up higher than it is today. Right. It's just like by, by like, I don't know, college, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, logically, like the, the world's only getting bigger. Uh -huh. Um, but spaces are only getting the same so yeah, unless the coronavirus wipes like half of us out but that is true. <laughs> oh my gosh oh my yeah. gosh um then we will be in a seller's market because there will be a lot <laughs> less buyer action going on 
Yeah, unless unless there's like an epidemic going on, like unless that happens, unless that happens. So, I buying. Um, Zillow is like the platform, right? It's like the, I don't know. It's like it's like Google search for for like real estate because like for uh-huh. for like social media, it's always like YouTube or Google, but like Zillow is it because they own all the traffic, the consumers. Um, what is your thoughts about I buying? For anyone who doesn't know who I buying is, maybe we can describe it all too. I believe. Um some like i literally just pull up an article there's like a title saying i buying why you should why realtors should not be too scared about it um mm-hmm. but a lot of people are scared about it because basically what zillow does is they buy homes and they kind of like put offers immediately using some of their technology um which basically cuts through uh, the need um mm-hmm. for ever dispersing i don't know ever-growing agents so what's your thoughts about i buying um in regards to this economy um and like automation all that stuff yeah i mean it doesn't particularly concern me. I think it's um, one of those things where you get what you pay for. You know, iBuying um, might be a, a, a more cost-effective way to, to sell your home, but in the end, um, you know, you probably get less than you would if you if you listed with the realtor. Um, you know, a lot of my clients will come to me and say, "Hey, the the Zestimate, which is Zillow's, you know, estimate on what your home is worth, is 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 higher or lower than." what I think it is. And I always tell them that, you know, an algorithm is only as good as, <laughs> I don't know, an algorithm. Um, but there's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of intricacies in the market and in home prices that you can only see with your eyes. Uh, for example, you know, you could be on one side of a street, um, a, a busy street, and you have half million dollar homes. And if you picked up that home and put it on the other side of the street or the other side of the river, the other side of the railroad tracks, um, it could be a, a $200,000 house. And, and a lot of what these iBuying platforms use is data. Um, and data is only as good as the inputs, right? And so if the inputs are are geographic, it's going to look at those two homes and it's going to say, hey, your $500,000 house is only worth 300000 when a person, a realtor with with market knowledge could come in and, and look at it and say, yeah, well, that house is exactly the same, but and it's, you know, <laughs> 300 feet away, but it's in a totally different neighborhood. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not too concerned right now that iBuying is, is going to kind of remove the need for for realtors. Um, I don't know. I kind of see iBuying as, as like a digital wholesaler, you know, I mean, Zillow will come in and and from what I have seen and heard, they're they're gonna try to buy your house for maybe less than it's worth, and then uh, they're gonna use their marketing power to to market it to a bigger pool and and um, and sell it for a higher price. So I don't know. I mean, if if your house is is able to sell for a higher price, then why wouldn't you work with an agent and and try to do that? So I don't know. I mean, I think. Um, Technology is always changing. I think algorithms are always getting smarter. I think Zillow, um, as a platform, is is kind of a necessary evil <laughs> in the real estate world. Um, but I I don't really see um, I buying at least in the next couple of years kind of taking um, taking away from the business that that realtors have. I think that is pretty interesting um, in regards to like, yeah, like the data and like you mentioned, um, the personal, the personal aspect, like I'm not trying, like 
I'm just thinking, like, if you're putting down that much money for a home, you want the full experience. Like, you just don't go on eBay and, like, you can buy a, a T-shirt, but you don't buy a... I mean, I mean, natural uh, consumer behavior probably won't lean towards just buying online. Uh, or, like, sorry, um, just, like, I don't know. I definitely see, like, especially for selling something so personal as a home, it's, it's a little mm-hmm. bit um, scary. So tell me more about that personal, personal aspect. Um, how do you uh, build off personal relationships or like what are some of your best practices for networking um mm-hmm. and um you know the deals that you do but most importantly like you said people before profits like tell me more about how you really implement that and um um stay yeah. true to your work well i think with with clients it's it's you have to listen and you have to learn you know i mean i think we'll continue kind of with the zillow conversation i i get clients i get leads i get um, introductions to people through Zillow. I pay them and they bring me a contact and, and some of those people I work with and they buy houses through me. But I would say of the people that I meet through Zillow who buy homes, probably 95%, if not more of them, don't buy the house that they inquired on, on Zillow. And um, I think that's what makes makes a a good agent good is that they they do listen and they do learn so you know I might show them that house that they inquired about but I ask them and I I hear the things that they're saying and I ask them what their preferences are and what they like and what they don't like and I usually show them more than one house so oftentimes I'll show them the house that they inquired on and I'll find you know one to three other houses that based on what they inquired on I think they might like and then all of a sudden, you know, what, what used to be, you know, five, less than 5% of people buying the, the house that um, they inquired about, I would probably say maybe 25% of people that I meet on Zillow buy one of those four houses that I show them. So that's something that, um, you know, only a person can do, only a person can kind of listen and learn um, from an in-person experience and, and bring other things to the table that would that would fit your needs. So I I do think that the personal aspect of real estate is really important. I think the other thing is um, we are people, we are human, we have emotions and the home buying process is very emotional. It's, It's oftentimes the biggest purchase that people make in their entire lives. We're talking about their savings. We're talking about their their future, their financial future. Um, and and if you're on the selling side, we're talking about your home. It's very personal to people. So um, I think there are a lot of things that realtors bring to the table, good realtors that um, aren't super tangible. You know, it's it's being able to talk people through things. It's, be, it's being able to um, ease their concerns. It's it's being able to to listen to them and and sometimes think, hey, you know what? If this deal falls through, but it's the best thing for this person, then it's the best thing for this person. Um, so I really do think that the the personal side of real estate is something that's very important and something that an I buyer can't do. Um, oh, phone's ringing. Sorry about that. Um, and then from a from a business development standpoint, I mean, it, it's real estate is all self promotion. You know, people 
aren't buying a brokerage. They're not, um, sometimes they're not even buying your experience. They're not, they're, they're buying you, you know, they want to, people want to work with somebody that they like, they know, and they trust. Um, and obviously, um, experience matters in real estate. Definitely. Um, but I do think that, you know, that, that personal side has to, has to be there, um, before, before you can even try to, um, try to compete in the real estate world from on an experience level, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean, that might right. Make sense. <laughs> it really does. I mean, it's one of those things where, I don't know, I also think like, for example, um, when e-commerce first came out, like my background's in like e-commerce and Shopify. So like, yeah. I remember that whole thing came about people i'm sure were resistant they're like ew why do you buy stuff online you want to go in store for like to try it on but then yeah. it completely changed but it took like like it took like i don't know like 10 years to do so so like i definitely think i know what zillow's exactly trying to do because they're trying to do that with like mm-hmm. the whole e-commerce model but it's going to take a mountain to move just because i know that right now um human connection will always still be there as technology keeps advancing um i'm trying to think like there was a um, Oh yeah, there was just so many things like Google. It's the same reason why Google Glass. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Or it totally flopped because like um, at the end of the day, people just want I don't know regular glasses. Like sometimes like technology in, um, advances too fast and consumers yep. don't want it, and then they just kill it. So we'll see where iBuying goes um, in regards to like how consumers respond because at the end yeah. of the day, that's the most important thing. Well, and there's a time and a place for for everything. You know, there are people that that platform and that model of buying and selling a house might might work for them. And there's people that it'll never work for them. Um, you know, I think I think as millennials get older, you know, that's a, a big portion of the population. Um, the research that I've seen is that they want an experience. They want, uh, they want, they want a personality. They want an experience. They want more than just what, um, the, than just a transaction, which is funny because, uh, you know, we, they are the generation that have grown up with technology. So you would kind of think it was the opposite that they would be more comfortable, um, you know, oh. doing some of these things on a tech technological platform as opposed to a personal platform. Um, but from what I have seen and read, which, you know, for whatever that's worth, um, people still and are continuing to want more and more of an experience, um, a personal experience. No, I literally agree. Um, not even from real estate, but like from, again, e-commerce, there's this one client of mine and like they sell a shit ton of um robes and <laughs> they're like they're like this big um influencer thing but um yeah they they have a really good successful e-commerce store but we still find out that at the end of the day like people want like look up sorry pop-up shops they want to try it on they want to meet the creator they want to i don't know like have that experience of touching the fabric trying it on and then purchasing it and then we're like oh gosh like <laughs> did we just go yeah. reverse and, and same thing with like what i'm finding with um especially like malls and stuff like i think i think there was a point where people were like super into e-commerce um but now people still go to malls to, to try it on and, and want that lookbook experience so i definitely mm-hmm. think like not even real estate but like in e-commerce especially there's a little bit of like this um reverse 
going on uh, where people want to yeah. try on and meet the person and, and have that experience yeah. in real life. Well, and, and if you look, I mean, retail is definitely changing. That's a great example. You know, the traditional retail model of going into a store and, and trying stuff on or trying products just doesn't work anymore. That's why you see a lot of more traditional um, shopping experiences, malls going away. Um, but then you look at these brands that that are finding success, and it's um, it's the it's the lush, you know, concepts of the world where yeah. you go in and there's an experience. There's a there's a a sensory experience. You can smell it. You can touch it. You can use it. Um, yeah. The employees are very engaged. They're very knowledgeable, and that's the kind of stuff that is that's selling or setting certain brands apart right now. Jake, I got it. Lush. Can you can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. One of my one of my AirPods just died. I can hear you. Okay. Um, I have I have Jake. I, I found it. This is the working title. Okay. Why <laughs> why real estate needs to be more like Lush, right? It's not necessarily like you need to be against eye buying, be against technology, or you have to be with the other side, which is like solely human connection. You use technology or social promote the product in, in case lush right the storefront then people mm -hmm. go to the storefront try it on you know see what's up and then maybe they purchase it to two weeks down the line when they see an ad or they see like i don't know um another um social media push but it's kind of this back and forth where they're they're going offline and online offline and online there's no like i guess right or wrong way I think consumer journeys are definitely it takes time to educate and learn and make a decision. So being there both on both platforms in real life and online is super crucial. Am I on the right yeah. <laughs> yeah, track? Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, thank you guys so much for watching and listening to this episode. I keep saying watching. Jeez. Um, make sure you give this podcast a five-star review. You know that the algorithm on the iTunes is only based on your reviews. I really appreciate it if you give five stars and let me know your thoughts about this episode. Um, uh, if you like real estate content, there's going to be more. I think it's just super fascinating during this time uh, to just learn something new because I know a lot of us were not able to kind of hit our regular routine. So why not embrace this time of change and learn something new? I'll see you guys on our next episode. We have new episodes every Monday. I promise I will not slack off again. And I have actually another real estate agent next week. So yeah, I'm on this like real estate kick, but I hope you guys enjoy it and let me know your thoughts on an Instagram story reshare post or in the review section. Love you guys so much and I'll see you next time.